Welcome to this week's podcast from Tim Hall International Ministries. To find out more about what Pastor Tim and Jackie Hall are doing around the world, check out timhall.com.au. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and empowered as you listen to this message. Jesus was in the city of of Capernaum and he had just raised up the centurion's servant. The, The centurion came to him and he said to him, my servant lies at home sick, sick and critically ill, but Jesus said, I'll go and I'll pray with him. And Jesus said, no, you don't need to. I too am a man set under authority. You just speak the word and I know that my servant shall be healed. And the man was miraculously healed and Jesus marveled and uh, that such a phenomenal thing uh, of faith was in a Gentile, in fact, in a centurion. And the following day, Jesus decided that he would go to the city of Nain. Nain was about 35 kilometers from Capernaum. And he decided that day, felt led that that was the place to go. And so he would have got up in the morning to walk 35 kilometers in a day. For me, I'd need to get up a week before. But uh, for a fit person, 35 kilometers, you could walk that. Getting up in the morning, you'd be there late afternoon at a reasonable stroll. And so the Bible says that Jesus left the city and headed down the track towards Nain. But see, everywhere that Jesus went, multitudes went with him. I tell you, there's something that attracts multitudes. It's the presence and the power of God. When the power of God is present, the crowds come. Reinhard Bonnke is having some little meetings over there at the moment with about three million people. When the power of God's around, people will travel. They'll, uh, they'll follow. They'll go after the anointing. People are hungry for the presence of God. You may be here in this building. Last night I preached in the town hall in uh, Newcastle and I shared a couple of things with the, one of the guys that was the caretaker there. He was looking after the security guy. Each time I walked past him, he uh, got a bit excited. I got to know his name and I spoke to him. He came into me last night. He said, all week there has been energy here. He said, I cannot explain it. He said, it's like electricity. He said, I get near you, it's like electricity. And uh, I said, well, how would you like to have that presence of God? He said, I know it's God. It feels so good. I said, how would you like not just to feel it, but to have it in you? How How would you like to have the presence of God, the fullness of God, actually indwelling you, actually coming to infill you. The most exciting thing on the planet is to know that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon us because He has anointed us. How many are glad that the Spirit of the Lord God is on you because He has anointed you? People wanted the anointing of God. They felt the presence of God. They had seen Jesus laying His hands. They'd seen miracles. Many of them had been present when the centurion's servant was miraculously healed by a word spoken into the atmosphere and they wanted to be around that. They wanted to be a supernatural people. I wonder if there's anybody here that would say, I want to be part of a body of people who are not a natural body of people, but a supernatural body of people that know the moving of the resurrected power of the Son of the living God. The Bible says they came out of the city a great number of disciples and a great multitude of people. They followed him out of the city. It was a great procession. It was a great procession of excitement. I think everywhere that Jesus went, there was excitement. 
He would walk up the street and blind eyes were coming open and at times the press around him was so strong that people couldn't even get to him and one little lady got down on the ground and crawled along the ground because she said within herself, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I shall be healed and suddenly Jesus stopped and he said, who touched me? And the disciples said, everybody's touching and he turned around to see who it was that had touched him and he saw the little woman there and he said to her daughter, your faith has made you whole and the people were excited. Some of his meetings got so exciting that they actually chopped holes in the roof to lower people down into the meeting. No one is trying to get in through the roof here tonight, but the day might come when people are up on the roof with pneumatic drills and sticks of gelignite just trying to get a hole in the roof to get lowered down to get into the presence of a bunch of people so filled and so empowered with the power and the anointing. I've lost my glasses, but it doesn't matter. I can see you. Everywhere Jesus went, there was excitement. There was stuff going on. I mean, they were bringing people that were caught in adultery and saying, what should we do? People were coming. People were screaming. Demoniacs were raging. People were crawling. And it was excitement. It was a great procession of excitement. And uh, this great procession was coming out of Capernaum, heading down the road to Nain. But down in Nain, there had been a bit of a tragedy. There'd been a disaster. A young man in the prime of life, we don't know how old he was, but he was the only son of a little widow woman. Now, the word only son there is only used here by John. It actually means the only one of her genes, the only family member, the only relative, the only person that she had. The only other time this word is particularly used is of the relationship of the father with the son. And here was the only relative of this little woman who is dead. Her, her only Love and relative, her only son is in a coffin. All of her hope is gone. Her dreams are gone. Her future's gone. Her support in her old age is gone. Everything's gone. And late in the afternoon, they pick him up. Just before evening, they pick him up in an open coffin. The mourners are running ahead and mourning and uh, paid to mourn. There is a great soberness and... Goodness me. Soberness. Sorry about the guys in the front row there. Great soberness, a great sense of fear, a great sense for the Jews, death was a terrible enemy, a terrible enemy. For Jewish people, death was a, a great enemy. Let me tell you tonight, without Christ, death is a great enemy. Death is a great enemy. Without Christ, to go into a lost eternity would be the most terrifying thing that you could even visualize or imagine. We've been shocked recently to see people like Heath Ledger at the peak of success stepping out of life into death. Clinton Gribus, the TV guy who had his whole world before him. Young people, you don't know when your time's up. You and I don't know. We don't know when our time's up. But to go into an eternity without Christ would be a terrifying thing. The security we have as Christians is that as we step through the veil from this life, which is one breath away, into the next dimension, the beautiful thing is that there's a nail-printed hand ready to take our hand and lead us into eternity. That's the certain hope that you and I as Christians have. 
is not that we can just come to Planet Shakers and worship God and have a great time and read the Bible and have great friends. We have a certain hope that when the time comes, when you and I will alone, just as we came into this world, we're going to leave this world. And the wonderful thing is that when we know Christ, we know that as we pass through the veil, his nail-printed hand's going to take us. Late in the evening, a procession came out of Nain. A procession was coming from Capernaum, full of life. A procession was coming from Capernaum that was alive with power, alive with hope, alive with future, alive with an understanding of eternity, alive with destiny, alive with strength, alive with excitement. Coming out of Nain that afternoon, was a procession of hopelessness led by a young man who died in the prime of his life. One procession was led by the Prince of Life, the other was led by death. And as evening approached, the two processions came towards each other. Excitement, fulfillment, eternal strength, hopelessness, fear, despair, Loneliness, uncertainty, frailty, doubt, chaos, mourning, things lost, life, power to change, power to build, power to make whole, no future, no hope. Death, two processions coming head on. And at evening, God had just ordained this, that both of those processions would meet at the gates of the city. Tonight you've come into this building and I want to tell you, there are two processions in this church tonight. One of excitement, one of life. Let me tell you, this church is a church of excitement and life. It's a church of of destiny, a church of power. But the reason for that is because right here, it's being led by the Prince of Life. The reason why there's excitement in here is not because we're just a good bunch of people here, but it's because it's being led by the Prince, Prince of Grace. It's being led by the Great Mighty One. It's being led by the resurrected Son of God. It's being led by the Great Healer. It's being led by the Great Miracle Worker. It's been led by the one who was nailed to a Roman cross, but death could not hold him down. The excitement of this procession is that this place is being led by one who is the Alpha, one who is the Omega, one who is the beginning, one who is the end, one who's coming back soon, one who has all power, one by whom the world came into being and through whom all things hold together. As a young man, I enjoyed life. A life of sin was pretty enjoyable for a season. But afterwards, it starts to have a heaviness. It starts to have an emptiness. It starts to become addictive. It starts to be filled with loss. It starts to be filled with a sense of emptiness. I thought I was living it up when I was in my 20s. 
I came home one night to my unit. I was drinking anything up to six shots of tequila at lunchtime at work at the hotel at night and I had fear I, I would wake up in the night with demons at my throat I'd been consulting the dead I may have touched a little bit of my story before I didn't know where I was going and I came into my unit one night and it was one of my friends who'd trouble with astral travel out of his body and he'd taken a seven inch bowie knife and he carved his face nearly to the bone and he'd taken the knife and cut it tried to cut through his arm and he was lying there in a pool of blood on the floor and I walked in and fear came on me helplessness despair and I think I knew in that moment of time that I was part of a procession of death that night the spirit of God spoke to me and said Tim you're on a slide to hell you're on a slide to hell I was part of that procession Tonight, every person in this building belongs to one of two processions. I don't care who you are in the building tonight or what's happening in your life. Tonight, you are one of two processions. Either you're being led by the Prince of Life and in this place, the joy, the excitement, the fullness, the satisfaction, the certainty because the Bible says in Christ you have the inner witness that you're born again, you're filled you're empowered, you know that you're Christ. You know you're part of that procession. You have a witness in there, strong, that says you can cry out to God and call him daddy. You have something that's coming to you so powerful that you have bold access into the very throne room of God. Am I running Victorian time? Was it five to five? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Thanks for that. I was tempted to put my glasses on, but I thought some of you might feel it was lack of faith. <laughs> Two processions. Two processions coming head on. And at evening at the gates, the procession of life, the exact same words are used. This procession had much people and this procession had much people. At evening, the two would meet at that exact place at the gate of the city, the place where people were looking on, the place of, of public marketing, the place where decisions were made, the place where people would sit and talk. And at evening, as the sun was setting, here was a procession of death with a group of people going out to bury the last hope of that little woman. But here was the procession of life and the two met head on at the gate of the city and they both stopped. What would happen? What would happen? Everybody was watching. The people all around had heard about this man in the white robe. What was he gonna do? The two processions had met. Something was gonna take place. Death, life and death had met head on and something was gonna give way. Let me tell you, when death and life meet head on, something's going to give way. Jesus walked out in the mid, right in the middle. Every eye was on him. The Pharisees watched him to see what he would do. What was this man going to do? This one that many said was a prophet. The one they said was Messiah. What would he do? 
Jesus walked over to the coffin. The Pharisees looked, surely the teacher wouldn't touch anything because for a Jewish leader to touch, they weren't even allowed to touch their own children if they died. They couldn't touch a dead thing. If they touched something dead, they actually believed that if they walked over a grave on the ground with a body 60 feet down, it was enough to contaminate them so that they would have to take a red heifer, kill the red heifer, burn it, wash themselves and sprinkle themselves with ashes and be in an unclean state for several weeks for just touching death. They couldn't touch it. Death was an enemy. They feared it. That's why they were buried up in tombs away and so on so no one could get near them. What was Jesus going to do? He walked over to the little woman and he put his arm around her and he said, little lady, don't weep. And then I think he must have looked around into the eyes of every person and he put his hand on the coffin, the thing of death. He touched death. You know, the beautiful thing about Jesus tonight is that he hasn't just touched death for you and I. He's tasted it. Jesus has not just touched death on your behalf and mine. He has not just touched it. The Bible says he tasted it or he partook of it. He who knew no sin became sin. Jesus took the walk into hell that you and I were supposed to take. It was appointed for every person in this building once to die and then to go down into the place of eternal hell and torment forever, the place of death. But Jesus loved you and I so much that he said it's written in the book of sacrifice and offering thou hast not desired, but a body thou hast prepared for me. Behold, I come, according to the book, to do thy will, O God. And he came to hang on a Roman cross. Why? Because he had to die. God came and took the form of a man, came in human flesh, came amongst us with one aim, and that was to come and taste death, taste death on your behalf. And I don't care who it is in this building, Jesus came to taste death for you. For you. He's come not just to, not just to reach out and give you a nice life. He came to taste the death that you were supposed to take. By the Bible says, he that ascended also descended. But the grave could not hold him. He took that lonely walk down to the portals of hell, escorted by the powers of hell, on the walk that was designated and is designated for every person without Christ. Jesus has taken the walk for every person in this room. But the Bible says hell couldn't hold him. And down there he got very upset, very stirred, smacked the devil's head flat, snatched the keys of hell, snatched the keys of death, rose triumphant from the dead, Jesus touched the beer. 
looked at him. But death couldn't corrupt him. Because when life and death meet head on, death gives way. When the life of Jesus meets a cancer, cancer gives way. When, when the life of Jesus touches asthma, something's going to give way. Asthma gives way. When the, when the life of Jesus touches blood disorders, when the life of Jesus touches broken bones, And I want to tell you tonight, there's a procession of life in this building ready to confront a procession of death, of pain, of sickness, of disease, of devils. When Jesus confronted devils, they went screaming. On one occasion, they went screaming into 2,000 pigs that violently, could you imagine the sound of 2,000 pigs screaming down a hill? Because Jesus came in life and death gave way. Tonight we're here to deal with death. God spoke to me, he said, Tim, do you realize that sickness is a relative of death? I didn't just come to deal with death, I came to deal with death and all of its relatives. All of its relatives. All of its relatives come to deal, deal with blood disorders, came to, came to deal with that pain that's in your body right now, came to deal with that problem that you're facing, came to deal with your depression, came to deal with a suicidal spirit that's against you, came to deal with a pain that's against your life, came to deal, came to deal with the rejection that's against you, came to deal with the chaos that's against your life. Jesus touched death. Looked at everybody there. Reached down and took his hand and said, I say to you, young man, stand up. And the young man sat up there because a procession of life and a procession of death had met head on. And death surrendered. That, what are we carrying tonight? Is it a spirit of defeat? We, we are carriers of the most dynamic. Let me say this. We are carriers of the most awesomely dynamic thing on the face of the planet. We are carriers of the very presence of the God who is life. Je Jesus didn't come and just say, I've come to bring life. He came and he said, I am life. When I'm around, death goes. Tonight, spirits go, demons go, pain goes. Broken lives turn around. Dead lives are resurrected. Hopeless, broken lives stand up. People who are broken down on the inside, get under the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost and stand upon their feet in a new way, under a new power, with a new authority. It's not by might, nor is it by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Whew. 
life and death. A young man stood up and Jesus gave him back to his mum. Gave her hope, future, love, purpose. Suddenly something happened. Fifteen minutes before, there were two, two great processions. Now, with just one touch, there was only one procession. Dancing, shouting, death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? Death has been swallowed up. Swallowed up. 